today I want to talk to you about finding Jesus. Finding Jesus. If you will, open your Bibles to Luke chapter 2. And we're going to look at verses 41 through 52. Luke chapter 2, if you want to find that in your Bible. And the principle I want to share with you here today is this. Seek Jesus with your whole heart and you will find him. Seek Jesus with your whole heart and you will find him. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Thank you, Jesus, for all that you've done for us. And as we take this time to celebrate your birth and uh, we rejoice with what you have done for us, Lord, I pray that if there's anyone here that is searching for you, that is seeking for you, that here this morning they will indeed find you, Lord. And we thank you in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As a parent, have you ever had one of those sinking heart moments? I look around and I see the moms nodding their head. And it's probably every time they go and hand their kids off to their dads, they probably have one of those heart-sinking moments. And let's be honest, how many of you actually trust your husbands with your kids? Okay, yeah, that's what I thought. Well, one of the most horrible feelings as a parent is to lose your child. It's horrible. Um, and during this time of year, chances are that probably happens more than you think. While in the States, Austin was just a little boy, and, um, and we go shopping at a place called Walmart Superstore in the States. And the emphasis is on super. This place is massive. You take Woolworths, Kmart, um, and Bow Repairs, and you put them all together. I mean, you're just beginning to get an understanding of Walmart Superstore. If they don't have it, it doesn't exist, okay? That's how big this place is. It's huge. And so uh, one day um, I was accompanying my wife shopping, because I don't shop. So I was accompanying my wife shopping at Walmart here. And as we were going down the main aisle, uh, something caught my attention over to the side. Uh, literally, it was calling my name. And I walked over there to investigate. And uh, I spent some time drooling over this particular item. And as I turned around, my wife and child were gone. So obviously, they didn't want to stick around for me. And so they just went on about their business and went shopping. So I continued down to, uh, to the next dial, and another uh, object uh, was calling out my name like a uh, Moses in the burning bush moment. And so I went over there, and um, I had a look at it and was investigating, and I was about mid-drool when my wife called me. I looked at it, and some boy, okay, well, she probably won't know where I'm at, so I flipped it open. Uh, hey, hon, how you going? She goes, yeah, she goes, um, do you know, is Austin with you? And I'm um, thinking, uh, uh, no, isn't he with you? And she's like, I have looked everywhere, and I can't find him. Okay, all right, where are you at? And, of course, she's on the way on the other side of the store, right? And so I uh, put my lights on, and I, I went down to the other side of the store, and I began looking around. And, you know, and I didn't want to be one of those parents, you know what I'm talking about? You know, one of those parents that can't keep up with their kids. And so you kind of go around saying, Austin, Austin, where are you at, Austin? Come out, come out, wherever you are. I know you're hiding. Come here, Austin. Austin, 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 get out of here right now. You know, it, 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 you start to worry because you get to the point where you don't know where he's at. We're looking at Valerie, and we're looking at each other, and we're like, I don't have a clue. 
And, and the reason why this was a heart-sinking moment for us is because during the last couple of weeks in the news, there has been uh, th these, this ring of, of kidnappings that have been trying to happen with kids during this time period. And what they would do is they would go to these massive stores like this and they would sort of knock out the kid, maybe some chloroform or something like that, and they would take them to the toilets and they would actually change their hair color and put new clothes on them so that they can just pick up the kid and walk out with a sleeping kid right out the front door. And so this was going on. And my kid, if you don't know my kid, when he was a little kid, he's got blonde hair and blue eyes, so he's like the poster child for kidnapping kids. I mean, everybody would want one of him, right? And so uh, I was thinking about that. That was going through my mind. And as Valerie began to, to start looking for him, I thought, you know, I'm going to go to the front of the, the store because that's where the toilets are at. And uh, if I see somebody come out with a child, I don't care what they look like. They've got to go through me because I can recognize my child because my child's got a birthmark right. I know where the birthmark is. And I can identify my child. But as I was watching the, 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 uh, the, the toilets and, and I was talking to a lady up front, and I said, hey, listen, um, uh, we, we've lost our child. Uh, he's about yay high. He's wearing this. His name is Austin. And she goes, well, why don't I make an announcement? And I said, okay, great. And so she gets on the, the, the intercom, and she says, uh, good morning, Walmart shoppers. May I have your attention, please? We have got some lost parents up front. Their name is Dwayne and Valerie Keefe. I mean, just go ahead and announce it to everybody, right? Well, we got uh, Dwayne and Valerie Keefe up front. And so if, if Dwayne and Valerie Keefe belong to you, would you come up to the front and collect your parents? If you would like some assistance with that, you can see one of our friendly staffs. They have the blue jacket with a big smiley face on it. You can go see them, and they can help you come up front so you can collect your parents. Okay? So now everybody knows we've lost our child. But... I was thinking about that as I was going through this passage today. And um, Valerie kept uh, looking around, and, and I was standing up front just waiting and waiting and waiting. And, and three and a half days later, Valerie finally calls me and says, uh, Hey, I found Austin. I said, Great, wonderful, you know, got a relief. Uh, basically, Austin was, uh, got bored shopping, and so he decided to go on a little adventure. And uh, so he was in the clothes section. And you know those, those, those line of clothes that if you go and walk by them and you hit them just right, you just, you know, you fall off the, the, the hinge there. And, uh, and you've got the little round clothes. And, and so if you actually kind of go into those things, it's like a, it's, it's like a, a, a cave in there, you know. It's awesome. You know, nobody can see you in your own, your own little world. And so he decided to go and play hide-and-seek, but he just didn't tell anybody about that. So he went into one of those uh, round areas, and he played hide-and-seek, and then he kind of got tired of waiting, and he fell asleep. And so we were calling him, and he didn't hear us. And so eventually, uh, Valerie found him, and, and we were excited about that. We thanked the Lord for that, and it was great and wonderful. But I was thinking about this passage of Scripture, and in our passage of Scripture today, Mary and Joseph also had some trouble keeping up with their son. They didn't just lose their son. They lost Jesus. You know, the Messiah. The one that's been promised for 4,000 years. I mean, can you imagine standing before God one day and say, God, I do thank you for your son, but sorry, I lost him. Can you imagine that responsibility? Well, let's look in the passage today and let's read it and see what happens. In Luke chapter 2, verse 41 
It says, his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem according to the customs of the feast. And when the boy had, and when they had finished the days, and, and as they returned, the boy Jesus lingered behind in Jerusalem. Now, some may suggest that this is where the bar mitzvah happened during this time period. During this day and age, it usually happens around the age of 13. So that may have happened and taken place at that time as well. And notice the next part here. And Joseph and his mother, I've underlined that for a reason. Notice how the Holy Spirit uh, uh, reveals the parents of Jesus. They, they call him Joseph and his mother. We'll come back to that in a minute. And Joseph and his mother did not know it, but supposing him to have been in the, been in the company. And they went a day's journey and uh, sought him among the relatives and acquaintances. So when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem seeking him. Now so it was that after three days they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the teachers, both listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. So when they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said to him, Son, why have you done this to us? Look, your father and I have sought you anxiously. And he said to them, Why do you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? And they did not understand the statement which he spoke to them. And he went down uh, with them and came to Nazareth. And he was subject to them. But his mother kept all these things in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. Now, we've been talking about different aspects of Christmas for the last few weeks. We've talked about peace. Uh, we've talked about hope. We've talked about joy. But each one of those things can only be achieved in the one man Jesus Christ. There are many things this world has to offer. They can offer you peace. They can offer you hope. They can offer you joy. But without Jesus Christ, it's like sort of getting a, a Christmas gift without the batteries. How many of you have done that before? You get all excited and you go out and buy a, a gift for a, a child and wrap it up and, and you go and present it to them on Christmas Day and they get so excited and you get so much joy out of watching them and they rip into it and they're all excited. They see the, the, the toy that they wanted. They take it out of the box and they are so joyous and happy and then they go and hit the button and their joy turns into sorrow. It's broken. And you know, no, it's not broken. I just forgot to put batteries in it. And, of course, the shops are closed, and you got people there, so you can't go out and get batteries, so the kid has to have his dead toy for another day so you can go out and get batteries the next day so he can play with it and use it. Parents, we've got to step up our game. Go get batteries today so you'll have them, right? But when you go and talk about the peace, hope, and joy that the world has to offer, it's kind of like getting a present without batteries. There's no power in it. That power only comes through Jesus Christ. And we hear much about family and presents and Santa Claus and food, but oftentimes the true reason for Christmas is somehow missing. We miss it. If Jesus encompasses peace, hope, and joy, well, then our question for us here this morning should be, how do we find Jesus this Christmas season? How do we find Jesus this Christmas season? Well, first of all, to find Jesus, one must realize that he's missing. I know that sounds a bit elementary. But in order to find Jesus, you've got to realize that he's missing. You see, uh, I've talked to a number of people, and they make sort of a, some, a few assumptions in their lives. 
They think that, uh, uh, that they, they assume that, that Jesus Christ is with them, that they have a relationship with Him. They assume that Jesus is there with them because maybe some childhood uh, history or maybe some wonderful genealogy or maybe some religious experience or maybe they just think they're so deserving of it that Jesus is going to be there with them. And they make these assumptions about their relationship with Jesus Christ. Mary and Joseph assumed that Jesus was with them as they traveled. And some have also made that assumption today as they travel in life. That Jesus is there with them. But in reality, Jesus is nowhere to be found in their lives. But also, there may be a case of mistaken identity as well. While having tea uh, one Sunday morning, uh, we were out here and I was talking to uh, some of the men. And uh, while we were having a chat and we were talking, I had a little boy come up to me and grab my leg. And I thought, oh, how cute, how precious, this little kid grabbing my leg. And he was munching on his tea, and, and he was just having a good time. And then he started going round and round my leg and going between my legs and, and, and just going back and forth. And he was just having a great time. That is, until he looked up. And he realized that the leg that he was swinging on wasn't his dad's. And it was hilarious. Uh, uh, the, the shock and the horror on this kid's face was priceless. It was awesome uh, to see the look on his face. And the panic-stricken boy began to frantically look around to try to find a face to match the legs that he was wanting to hang on to. And he finally found his father, and he ran over there, grabbed hold of his father's leg, and buried his head uh, in his father's uh, lap because he was so embarrassed. Uh, but it was great. We had a, had, a, had a good laugh about that. But Mary and Joseph would have been traveling with a large uh, entourage, a large group, a caravan, if you will, as they traveled to and from this festival. Um, it wouldn't have been just their um, immediate family. It would have been their extended family and also other people who may have been part of that in that city. They would all travel up together for these feasts, and then they would all travel back home together. And what they generally would do is they would put the kids up front and then put the women in the middle and then put the men in the back. And the reason for that is because they didn't want the men to sort of outpace the kids and therefore leaving the kids behind. So they put the kids up front so they can sort of uh, maintain the pace and therefore, nobody gets left behind. And so if you would imagine that scene, if you will, Mary and Joseph would have been uh, traveling with this caravan back to their hometown. And one would expect that the kids uh, would probably be up, up front playing around as they travel, having a good time. And uh, no doubt, Mary and Jesus uh, probably saw, uh, Mary and Joseph rather saw Jesus' cousins up there having to play. And, and maybe at a distance, maybe they saw a silhouette or something that, that maybe looked like Jesus. And they said, oh, that, that probably is Jesus over there. Maybe they heard uh, somebody laughing and, and thought, oh, that sounds maybe a little bit like Jesus. And so they just sort of uh, assumed that Jesus was with them. I mean, after all, Jesus was 12 years old. He was the perfect child, and he's never done anything wrong. And chances are he's never done anything like this before. And so you would imagine he's, he's a very mature kid. He, that, that they just assume that, yeah, one of those kids have got to be him. And so it was a case of mistaken identity. And the Bible tells us that in the last days, there will be some who will be false teachers. And if we're not careful, we can also be a victim of mistaken identity. Uh, they, they, can, they can be uh, hanging on to a, a pseudo-Jesus that's not the Jesus represented in the Bible. 
Uh, they, they are beliefs out there that sound so good and sound so right that you want to believe them. But when you start unpacking them and you see where they're heading, you oftentimes find that there is nothing in there that, uh, that even re- remotely uh, reflects the Jesus in the Bible. And so they are indeed false. So be careful not to mistake the reason for this season, this Christmas. Otherwise, you may end up missing Jesus. But also, there may be some unrealistic expectations as well this Christmas season. I've seen parents that were in a uh, similar situation that I was in that have gone and lost their child. And then once they find their child, they're you know, overwhelmed and they're relieved. And, and then anger sets in. And they go up to the child and they grab the child and they say, what are you doing? Are you trying to kill me? You were supposed to stay by my side. You're going to give me a heart attack. And they start screaming at the kids and yelling at the kids. Parents, listen, it's not necessarily the kid's responsibility to keep up with you, but you're supposed to be the parent. You're supposed to keep up with your kids. Isn't that right? We have that responsibility. But they get angry and mad at the child. And Mary and Joseph had unrealistic expectations when it came to Jesus. They expected him to follow them back home, but he lovingly corrects them. In verse 48, he says, Now so it was that after three days they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the teachers, both listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. He's basically sitting there with the doctors of the day. And he is having a conversation with them. And he's asking them questions. And he's answering their, their questions at the age of 12 years old. And they are astonished at his answers. And so when they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said to him, Son, why have you done this to us? Look, your father and I have sought you anxiously. Notice here she refers to Joseph as your father. But if you remember earlier, we see that it's Joseph and his mother. You see, Joseph was not his father. It was his stepfather. And so Jesus goes and says, why did you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? Now, is he talking about Joseph here? Joseph was a carpenter. Did he go into the temple and start measuring up some places and start start making some quotes? Is that what Jesus was doing in the temple? Being about his father's business? No, absolutely not. And you can see it's capitalized there as well. He is talking about his heavenly father. That's what he was born to do. This is why he's here. He's there to do his father's business. And I find it interesting that this is the first time Jesus speaks in the Bible. And what does he say? He says, I'm here to do my father's business. And I think that's significant. Because I think that's for us to do as well. We are to be about our father's business. They go on to say, but they did not understand the statement which he spoke to them. Now, this is the first time in history that a teenager did know more than his parents. And it was probably the last. It may have been uh, more beneficial if Mary and Joseph would have followed Jesus to the temple so that they could learn more about God than it would have been for Jesus to follow them home. Sometimes we want Jesus to follow our leading instead of us following after him. And when we do so, we end up missing him. It's important we understand this. 
we must realize that he is missing if we're going to find him. Secondly, to find Jesus, one must search for him. Again, sounds pretty elementary, doesn't it? To find Jesus, one must search for him. The Bible says, seek me and you will find me. Seek me and you will find me. Notice Jeremiah, it says in Jeremiah 29, 13, and you will seek me and find me when you search for me. Let's read this next bit together. What does it say? With all your heart. With all your heart. Don't miss that. Mary and Joseph didn't just sit around and wait for Jesus to show up. They didn't go and put up a campsite and, and, uh, and, and start a fire and say, oh, well, Jesus will be along in just a minute. We'll just wait on him. Once Mary and Joseph realized that Jesus was missing, they immediately and anxiously sought him out. They didn't just blow it off and say that everything will be all right. They didn't just wait on him like the kids sort of wait around for Santa to show up on Christmas Eve. They purposed in their hearts to find them, even if it took days to do so. If one seeking Jesus with all the heart, Scriptures say that they will find him. They will find him. The problem isn't that Jesus is unable to be found. But rather the problem is that other things sort of take priority. And Jesus gets put on the back burner. It's more of a casual look for Jesus instead of uh, searching him with all of our hearts. If he just happens to come by and we just happen to cross paths with him, great, wonderful. Or it could be that we want to live our life the way we want to live our life. And then we'll just wait till we come down to the end of our life. Then we'll sort of sort those things out. I've talked to individuals like this. They're not really interested. Yeah, yeah, you know what? I wouldn't mind accepting Jesus Christ as my Savior, but just not now. Now's not the time. I've got too many things on. I've got my career to think about. I've got my family to think about. I just want to live my life the way I want to live my life without any rules and regulations. And then whenever I come down to the end of my life, well, then I'll get that stuff sorted out. I've got plenty of time, right? You heard those arguments? Let me ask you a question. How many of you know when you're going to die? I mean, do we have like a, an expiration date sort of, you know, underneath our armpit here that we can have a look at and say, yeah, we've got another 10 years to live? And then we'll live the way we want to for another nine and a half years, and then after that, okay, well, now it's time to get right. Is that how we live our life? You see, the problem with death is that we don't know when it's going to occur, so we must be ready now. How many times have you gone to a funeral and you've looked at the disease and you said, you know what, man, they were just too young to die. They went before their time. You've heard comments like that over and over and over again. We must seek him with our whole heart. He has to take priority in our lives. And we can't wait. We can't put it off. Because the scriptures tell us that we're not promised tomorrow. But also, we may need to do a little backtracking as well. What do I mean by that? Well, there, there may have been some, um, uh, some that have been exposed to Jesus at some point in their life in the past. Uh, as I go and read Revelation, you see the church of Ephesus. Uh, they get their report card, and they are doing some wonderful, awesome things for God. And it's great. It's exciting. But yet, also on that report card, it said, but there is one problem that you've lost your first love. 
And so what is the instructions for the church of Ephesus to do? Is to go back and do those things that you were doing before. Go back and revisit those things. Continue to do those things that you were doing before. Mary and Joseph had to go back a day's journey in order to, and, and spent three days looking for him. They had to go back where they last saw Jesus. This was not a casual hunt. They were desperate to find him. For some, finding Jesus may mean you've got to take a step back the way you came. Maybe the direction that you're heading right now in life is taking you further and further and further away from finding Jesus. And what you need to do is you need to stop, you need to do a 180, and you need to go back in the other direction in order to find Jesus. Maybe you need to revisit some areas and times in your life when you were closer to finding Jesus than when you are now. Often I've heard people talk about a time when they went to Sunday school. Or, or maybe they've uh, had a, a Sunday school teacher or a, a teacher or a family member that would go and tell them stories of Jesus. But as they've gotten older, they've sort of dismissed those stories. Let me encourage you to go back to the Bible and rediscover those stories once again for yourself. Some may need to deal with the things in their past before they can move forward in the future. For some, finding Jesus may be right where you left them. Go back to when you remember having that time with Jesus. What were the things that you were doing then that you're not doing now? And what are you doing now that you weren't doing then? But for others, maybe you just need to start looking. Maybe looking for Jesus was not something that um, you had in mind. And so let me encourage you here this morning to begin your search for Jesus Christ. To find Jesus, one must realize that he's missing. And one must seek him in order to find him. But also to find Jesus, one must look in the right place. One must look in the right place. Mary and Joseph found Jesus in the temple. Jesus held them accountable for this knowledge that they should have had. He said, did you not know that I'll be about my father's business? Well, where would father's business be taken care of? In the temple. And there was no reason that they should have searched for him for three days. They should have known where he was. But I find it interesting, for that three days, Mary's heart must have been broken. Joseph's heart must have been broken. They must have been saddened by the fact that they couldn't find Jesus for three days. I, I, I was only, it was only just probably just a few minutes that I lost Austin. And man, my heart was hurting. Can you imagine not being able to find your child for three days? But I find it interesting as three days because if you fast forward a little bit, there's also another time whenever Jesus Christ dies on the cross and he is in the grave for three days. And even the scriptures tell us that it was like a sword going through Mary's heart and soul. How saddened she must have been when her son died on the cross. But what a time of rejoicing when Jesus appeared to Mary after he rose from the grave. What a time of rejoicing that must have been. And, and, and probably here as well, whenever they finally see Jesus, there was probably a time of rejoicing. But this is the obvious place that Jesus would have been, would have been in the temple. But also look at the shepherds. The shepherds found Jesus in a manger. How did they know that was the right place to look? Well, the angels appeared to the shepherds 
to let them know where to find Jesus. If you've been around Christian circles for any long, any, any length of time during the Christmas holidays, you probably know this verse by heart. He says, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. This was the message to them. So they told the shepherds that Jesus would be found in a manger. And so they went to the manger. And guess what? They found Jesus, just like the angel said. Now, had they not gone to the manger, or had they gone to the temple, or had they gone to the royal palace instead, they would have never found Jesus. They not only had to search for him, but they had to search for him in the right place. The wise men found Jesus at his home. How did they know where to find Jesus? Well, they had been looking at the stars, and they knew that the stars would point them to the Messiah one day. Now, some have traced them back to the time of Daniel, the Magi. Uh, they've traced them back to the time of Daniel when King Darius appointed him over the Median priesthood. And uh, one of the titles given to Daniel in the book of Daniel is Rab Mag, which means chief of the Magi. And Daniel apparently uh, entrusted the messianic vision to be announced in due time by a star to a secret sect of the Magi for its eventual fulfillment in the future. And the, the Magi was made up of more than just three individuals. They were actually Median priests. And there would have been an entourage of people with them that would have traveled with them. In fact, they also would have traveled with a military escort for protection. Because you've got to remember, they were going into a rival country. And they had much wealth with them in order to give to the child. And so, no wonder, uh, when the people saw them coming, they were a little upset about what's going on and what's happening. No wonder Herod was a little uh, concerned when he saw this mob of people coming. But based on this prophecy, probably given by Daniel, they knew that if they were going to uh, follow the star, then they were going to find Jesus, the king of the Jews. Let me give my own personal testimony. I found Jesus in my home and my church. How did I know where to find Jesus? Well, I grew up in a Christian home, and uh, we attended church on a regular basis, and my parents taught me much about Jesus Christ. But most of what I learned about Jesus Christ was from attending church and attending Sunday school. And so based on that, let me encourage you to continue to bring your, church, your kids to church so that they also can learn more about Jesus. Year after year of godly teaching, I eventually understood my need for a Savior. And I came to accept Jesus Christ as Savior. My pastor preached a message, and I responded to the gospel. I didn't find Jesus in a bar. I didn't find Jesus in a boat while fishing. I didn't find Jesus in my public school. The shepherds heard the message and they responded to that message, and as a result, they found Jesus. The Magi heard the message, and they looked for the star, and as a result, they found Jesus. I heard the message of the gospel at my church, and I also found Jesus. You see, there was one place that I knew that I could find Jesus, and that was at church. And maybe, just maybe, your search for Jesus has brought you here this morning. Well, I want you to know that here at Southwest Baptist Church, you also can find Jesus. We would love nothing more than to take the Word of God and to show you how you can have one of the greatest 
Christmas gifts ever. And that is the gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ. You just have to seek him with all your heart. I'll close with a, a story. My wife and I are from a uh, section of the states called the Bible Belt. And the reason for that is because uh, there's a lot of a uh, number of Christians saturated with, with churches and Christians there. So when it comes to Christmas time, man, we go all out. We go all out. And we got lights on the house. We've got signs all over the place saying Jesus is the reason for the season. We've got the nativity scenes. In fact, some of them have even live nativity scenes. So you can go and actually smell what it smells like during that time as well. I mean, it's great. You can get all the senses working at the nativity scenes. But my brother-in-law, Alan, he decided to put up this nice big nativity scene in his front yard. And he's an electrician as well, so he had all the lights, man. Uh, it was just lit up, and then it was snowing there as well, so you got the backdrop of snow. It was absolutely gorgeous, well, well presented. I mean, it was amazing. Well, one day, one night he came out to, to sort of have a look to make sure all the lights were working and things and make sure the wind didn't blow over, you know, the donkeys or whatever. And so he came out there and was having a look and make sure everything was in place. And that's when he realized that baby Jesus was gone. And so he promptly got on the phone. He called the police. He said, uh, hey, hey, somebody stole my Jesus. Yeah, they had sort of the same reaction you just did. In fact, they lectured him about making phony prank calls as well and all the trouble he can get into. And he finally made them realize, hey, listen, no, somebody stole my baby Jesus. My baby Jesus is gone. Well, the beauty of finding Jesus Christ and accepting him as your Savior is that he will never be taken from you. And listen, nobody can steal your Jesus. Nobody can steal your Jesus. He is a gift that lasts throughout all eternity. If you want to find Jesus, seek him with all your heart. I'll leave you with a few questions here this morning. Have you come to the place in your life where you found Jesus? Have you come to the place in your life where you found Jesus? I'm not asking if you're a religious person. I'm not asking if you've got a religious family. I'm not asking if you're a good person or you've had some religious experience. You see, this is not about religion. This is about a relationship. Have you come to the place in your life where you found Jesus? What does that mean? That means, have you come to a place in your life where you realize that you're a sinner and you're in need of a Savior? You've come to the place where you've looked and you've studied and, and you've seen that, that Jesus Christ, born of a virgin, lived a sinless life and then went to the cross and He died for you. He took your sins upon Him. He paid for your sins. He took your punishment so that you can be reconciled to God once again. And you're willing to believe that he died and he rose again the third day. And because he was able to die and rise again the third day, he can now offer you life. You can have that life eternal just by simply putting your faith and trust in him. And if you're willing to confess your sin, to repent of your sin, and to call out to Jesus Christ to save you, 
That's what I'm talking about when I ask you, has there come a time in your life where you found Jesus? But if not, are you, are you willing to search for Him right now with all of your heart? Are you willing to search for Him right now? If you want to find peace, hope, and joy, find Jesus. Find Jesus. As your musicians come, I want to take just a few moments with our heads bowed and our eyes closed. And maybe you're here today and the reason why you came is that you're searching for Jesus. Maybe you're hoping to find Him here this morning. Well, I want you to know that you can find Him right here this morning, right where you're sitting. And if you would like to find Jesus here this morning, I want to lead you in a simple prayer. If you would pray along with me here. God, we thank You for all that You've done. And Lord, as I think about what You did for us, how You were born of a virgin, You lived a perfect and sinless life, so that You could go to the cross and You could die for me and You could save me, of my sin. Lord, your word tells us that if we seek you, then we'll find you. And so, Lord, right now, I seek you. Lord, I believe that you died for me. And Lord, you say that if anybody is willing to call upon you, that you will save them. And so right now, God, I'm calling upon you to save me. And I thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross for me and saving me here this morning. And we ask it all in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you're here this morning and you prayed that prayer, please come up and talk to myself or Michael. We'd love the opportunity to have a discussion with you and talk to you about it. We want to rejoice with your decision to follow after Jesus Christ. But maybe some of you are still out there and you say, you know what, I'm just not sure. I'm not sure if I want to make that decision yet. Then please come and talk to us as well. We want to talk to you about your decision to find out what it is that's preventing you from making one of the greatest decisions to follow Jesus Christ ever. And if you don't want to talk today, maybe fill out one of those connection cards and put on there that you made a decision for Christ or you'd like more information on that. And we'll call you up sometime and we'll go out and have a cup of coffee with you and we'll go and explain to you what it means to be saved. This is what our job is. This is what our responsibility is as a church, to see others come and know Jesus Christ as a Savior. And there's no other greater time in the world than right now for you to receive Jesus Christ as Savior. If you want to find peace, if you're searching for hope, if you want joy in your life, well then let me encourage you here this morning to find Jesus. Lord, we do thank you for our time together. And Lord, if there's some here that are searching for you, that are longing for you, I pray that they would find you here this morning. And those who are, are not sure, Lord, I pray that we would have that opportunity to go and to speak with them. I pray that your Holy Spirit will continue to work in their hearts. And I pray that they will continue to seek you. Because your word promises us, Lord, that if we seek you, we will find you. And so I pray that as we leave here and we enjoy this Christmas season together, that each person here today will find Jesus. And we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.